0: Hey there, animal lovers. Welcome to episode four of Wayside Waves podcast, Wayside Tales. I'm your host, Margaret. Thanks for joining me. Welcome back to Wayside Tales, everyone. We are so glad you're listening. I'm Margaret, and I'm on the Humane Education team. Now, normally at this point, I would introduce one of our core values that we can practice to show care and kindness to people and other animals. But today's episode is all about my team, the Humane Education team. And so I'm going to wait until we talk with our guest to introduce this week's core value. Today's episode zooms in on an aspect of Wayside Waifs that we don't often think of when we think of the work done at an animal shelter. We might usually think first of the people working hard to take care of the animals, or of the people who get them adopted into caring families. But Wayside is a little unique because we have a team called the Humane Education Team. Today, we're gonna be talking with Ashley Stanley, Wayside's Director of Community Education and Outreach, about what it means to be an educator at an animal shelter. Welcome, Ashley. Hello, thank you so much for having me. First, can you tell me why does an animal shelter have an education team? Aren't we supposed to be focusing on animals? Absolutely. So having an education team is really
1: important, I think, because if you think about animals that are coming into an animal shelter... Most of the time, they're not bringing themselves in. They're Mm -mm. not running around outside going, I hope I can make my way to an animal shelter. It's people that are bringing them to animal shelters or they're coming into animal shelters because of the way people have treated them. So it's really important for us to work with animals and people
0: because if we can help people out, we can in turn help animals out. Exactly, Yeah, thinking about they don't bring themselves in. Either someone has been very kind and brought them in, or someone has not been so kind and they've come in. Exactly. So what programs does our team offer to address this need for education? about animal care? Yeah, we have a lot
1: of programs that we (laughs) offer. Actually, we have dog safety programs. We have a program called Activating Empathy that is all about talking with students about what animals need to be happy and healthy, but also what people need to be happy and healthy because it turns out it's pretty similar yeah we need a lot of the same things (laughs) we also have reading programs that we offer where kids can come in and read to the animals in our shelter or we can bring animals to classrooms or libraries we have service projects and tours Mm -hmm. but a couple of my favorite programs number one summer camp. Yes. We have a summer camp here at Wayside where kids can come out and spend a week with us hanging out, getting to do projects around the shelter. That's really fun. Mm -hmm. And then the biggest program that we do is what we call our No More Bullying program. And it is a violence prevention curriculum, which is just a big way of saying it is a big program that we use to help students understand that how we treat animals is very close to the way we treat people. So we talk about what it looks like to practice responsibility, compassion, self-control, being humane and integrity, all of those core like character traits.
0: What does that look like with animals? But also what does it look like with people? Exactly. Yeah, we, we do that almost all year round except for the summer when we offer summer camp um i love doing that program we get to take a dog into the classroom and we get to practice those core values with people and with animals right there in that space what are some of the challenges about working in education at an animal shelter
1: Honestly, I think it's the fact that there's only a few of us Mm -hmm. and there are a ton of students. There are a ton of schools. There are a ton of people in our community and there are not enough of us Mm -hmm. to be able to go out and reach all of the students and all of the schools that we'd like to be able to go
0: and visit. So sometimes that's the biggest challenge is just not having more of us. And hopefully when we reach those students and we talk to those schools, those students will take those lessons and then they can be educators themselves for their classmates, for their friends, for their families. And so we can create more and more of these educators and spread that message. Yes,
1: one thing that we like to say is that everyone's on the education team. Yes.
0: So everyone in our
1: community, all of the people in shelters. People listening right now. People listening right mm-hmm. now. You're all educators. It's like a, a ripple effect. <laughs> where one person starts talking about compassion and how important it is to treat animals with kindness. And then other people see that and they're like, hey, that's really cool. I want to do that too. And it just
0: spreads and spreads and spreads. And that's one of the greatest ways that we can create change in our community. And what are, it's, I mean, it sounds like that's something you're very excited about. What What else do you love about this work as an educator in an animal shelter? Oh, I, <laughs> I love just about everything about this mm-hmm. work. I will be really honest. Mm-hmm. I
1: love getting to work with both people and animals. Mm-hmm. And And learning about people's experiences with animals and their connections with animals. I think one of the easiest ways to start a conversation with someone and get to know them is to ask them about their animals Mm -hmm. or an animal that they've known in their life. And no matter how different you think someone is from you, you can usually always find at least one thing to connect on. And starting with animals is a great jumping off point. So just learning
0: about different people through their experiences with animals is one of my favorite things. Absolutely. What experiences or education helped you do the work that you do now, Ashley? Great question. So I
1: originally went to school to become a teacher. Hi, teachers. Mm-hmm. Shout out to all of the teachers out there <laughs> mm-hmm. because they are doing work that I knew I couldn't do. Mm-hmm. I thought that that's what I wanted to do. And then I thought, you know what? I don't think that teaching in a classroom is the right role for me. Mm-hmm. I loved teaching. Mm-hmm. I loved working with people. I love working with students. And I recognized that being a full-time teacher was, was just not going to be the right thing for me. Yep. So I started working in what we call out of school Mm -hmm. education. So I worked for the YMCA and I did before and after school programs and summer camps. Mm -hmm. And those experiences I think really helped me to find joy and purpose and, and learn more about how you can incorporate education and teaching into so many things outside of the classroom.
0: Yeah, I, I feel similarly. I also realize that I, I am not a full-time teacher person, but I love informal education mm-hmm. um, is another word for it. So I, I love hearing how other people get to where they are. And I just want to reemphasize something I always talk about when we talk about careers with animals or careers in general. You do not need to know what you want to do right now because what you think you want to do might be totally different than what you end up doing. And even when you're adults, you can still change your mind about what you want to do and Mm -hmm. let your interests lead you. And it's pretty exciting to have that that openness. It
1: really is. Mm -hmm. Listen, when I was in school, I don't know if you know this about me, I I was going to be on Broadway. That was what my goal was. I wanted to be (laughs) in musicals Mm -hmm. and plays. Mm -hmm. And I was convinced Mm -hmm. that I was going to move to New York City. And uh, do both of those things. Um, And that is not Mm -hmm. what I am currently doing. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's
0: okay. And that's okay because you know what? I
1: found something that I think I love even more. Absolutely. And I didn't know anything when I got this job. I had never worked in an animal shelter before, Mm -hmm. I had never worked with animals before. Mm -hmm. I didn't know anything about working with animals Mm -hmm. I didn't know that it was something that I was going to absolutely love Mm -hmm. so I was really lucky that I I was able to take a chance on a job that I wasn't I I thought it sounded fun Mm -hmm. and then it turned into something that I I can't imagine doing anything
0: else now I feel the same way Mm -hmm. I feel the same way well Ashley you might have heard me mention that every episode we feature a core value which you've talked about briefly um and that core value is like a tool in our kindness toolbox that we can practice in order to show kindness and care to the people and animals around us today's core value is self-control which means taking charge and we always say taking charge dun, 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 dun. Of your own actions and emotions. And we say the da-da-da-da part because it feels like sometimes it can take superhero, superhuman strength to have self-control. But, Ashley, what does practicing self-control have to do with caring for animals and for people? How do you see that connecting? Ooh, there is a
1: big connection Mm -hmm. between self-control and caring for animals and caring for people. Mm -hmm. I know for me, personally, I have to practice self-control because... Like, as humans, we feel a lot of emotions, Mm -hmm. and it is totally normal to feel a lot of emotions, sometimes a lot of big emotions. Like, I would worry about people that say they don't feel emotions.
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) The tricky part about those emotions is being able to say, like, hey, yes, I realize I am feeling this way. I am feeling angry. I am feeling frustrated. And it's okay for me to feel angry or frustrated, Mm -hmm. It's not okay for me to let those emotions out in a way that causes harm to another person or an animal. And that's where self-control really comes in because I have to be able to stop myself, get control of that emotion, Mm -hmm. and let it out in a way that isn't going to hurt somebody. Because it's really easy to let our emotions out in ways that could either accidentally cause harm Mm -hmm. or even on purpose cause harm. And that's the same for negative emotions Mm -hmm. and positive emotions.
0: Excited. When you get so excited, you can lose Mm self-control. And whether you mean to or not, you could also accidentally hurt someone or yourself. Yeah, I agree with you. It is so, it's so, unfortunately, speaking for myself, sometimes it feels so easy to lose self-control, especially with with frustration, I feel like oh, that's particularly yes. a big emotion. Do you have any stories, if you if you want to share, about self control with animals in particular, Ashley? Oh, oh yes,
1: <laughs> yes I do. I oh my goodness, I use this story a lot um, because it's probably the story that I learned the most from. Mm-hmm. That I've been able to look back and say, "This was a moment that I messed up, mm-hmm. and I have done things differently since then." I have a dog named Maisie, Mm -hmm. and she is the apple of my eye. She (laughs) is the, I call her Maisie Moo Bear. She has a a theme song that Mm -hmm. I sing about her. She's Uh, wonderful. She's amazing. Mm -hmm. She's wonderful. She had a rough past, we think. Now, we don't know for sure because animals can't talk. Gosh, I wish that they could. Mm -hmm. But we are pretty sure that she got hit by a car. Before I adopted her, Mm -hmm. which now means that she is scared of really loud noises. She kind of panics and doesn't know what to do. And that also means that if there are like loud noises when I'm not home or something, she really panics and doesn't know what to do. Right. And when I first adopted her, she really had something called separation anxiety, which means she got... So scared when I wasn't around Mm -hmm. that she had absolutely no control of her body. You know, we talk a lot about Mm self-control. Animals get to a point where they can't have Mm self-control either. Mm -hmm. And she would get so scared she would panic and she would destroy things Mm -hmm. when she was left by herself. And so because of that, I knew the best way to keep her safe was to keep her in a kennel Mm -hmm. when I left. And one day, uh oh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if you can see where this is going. I think I can. Yeah, one day. I was just gonna run to the store really quick. Mm. It wasn't gonna take me very long. It, I mean, maybe thirty minutes. Thirty minutes. A lot that, can happen in thirty minutes. So much can happen in thirty minutes. <laughs> okay. And I didn't want to deal with putting Maisie in the kennel because it wasn't her favorite place to go. Mm-hmm. And I thought I'm just going to leave her out and I'm gonna go to the store and I will be right back. And at the time, I also made the mistake of putting my other dog, Walter, inside Mm -hmm. his kennel. Because he was way easier to put inside his Mm -hmm. kennel. Mm -hmm. And Maisie really leans on Walter for support. He helps her to feel brave and safe. Mm -hmm. And what I ended up doing then is leaving her in a situation where not only was I leaving, but But she couldn't get to Walter. She couldn't get to Walter. She couldn't get to her very best (sighs) friend. Oh no. So I leave. Mhm. And I go very quickly to the store. And I come back and I open the front door. And it was almost like slow motion. I open the door up and I see Maisie standing at the door and her tail is wagging oh, and dear. she has what I thought was a big smile on Uh-oh. her face. And knowing what I know now about dog body language, that big old smile was was actually panting mm-hmm. because she was so nervous mm-hmm. and the tail wagging. She was excited that I was home, but it was more of a, a nervous, anxious. excited, anxious mm-hmm. wag. And I I stopped and I looked at her and I was like, Maisie! And, and then I looked up and I looked around and it looked like it was Snowing in my house, Margaret. Oh no. no. There was this white stuff (sighs) all over my living room. And at first I wasn't sure what it was. And then my eyes fell on the sofa and the sofa cushions. Mm hmm.
0: Or what was left of them? Or
1: what was left of them. Oh, no. The big gaping hole in the sofa cushions where she had ripped it up and pulled out all of the stuffing. And then on the arm of the sofa, Mm -hmm. she had ripped that apart. All the way down to the wooden frame of the sofa. And I could tell she had been chewing on oh. the wooden frame, even to the point of trying to pull the staples oh, out Maisie. of the wooden frame. Oh, no. And Margaret, when I tell you, I yelled. You lost self-control. Maisie. I There was no Mm self-control. There was not an ounce of self-control in my body at that moment. And I yelled at her. I was like, Maisie, no, bad dog. And as we said before, one of the things that Maisie is scared most of is loud noises. Mm Mm-hmm. So when I yelled at her, she immediately tucked her tail underneath her body. Mm. She ran into the corner of Mm. the other room and curled up in a ball and started shaking.
0: Oh, man! And
1: I, my stomach hurt so bad because I immediately realized that I had messed up. Mm -hmm. I had let that anger and frustration Mm -hmm. totally get the better of me and let it out in a way that caused harm to Maisie now I didn't use my hands Mm -hmm. to cause harm I didn't throw anything I didn't use my feet but just using my voice mm -hmm. like that caused a lot of harm Mm -hmm. for her and oh that like that story still like hits me right in the feels and I have made it an effort ever since then when I start to feel frustrated, because I do, mm-hmm. we all get frustrated with our animals. That's totally yeah, normal. Absolutely. But I really had to figure out like what tools I can use to get those emotions in check so that I don't
0: hurt Maisie like that again. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Ugh, what, what strategies do you use? What do you do? What's your go-to self-control method? Okay, this is
1: going to sound... <laughs> kind of odd (laughs) a little strange I I don't know that I've met many people who have ever said that this is their strategy but Uh this is mine and for some reason it works so well for me I pretend I'm moving in slow motion
0: oh wow Mm -hmm. that is interesting Mm -hmm. and I think about
1: every single movement I make Mm -hmm. so I think about I'm lifting my arm up right now mm. and I move in slow motion to do it. And every step I take, I do it in slow motion to get all of my like body and emotions to slow down with me so that I can think a little bit more clearly. Because for me, when I start to get frustrated, I feel like my brain starts moving really, really fast Mm -hmm. and I can't process everything Mm -hmm. the way I want to process it. So if I physically slow down every motion, then it helps
0: me mentally slow down all of my motions too. Yes, That is so smart to really focus on what's happening right now. How am I feeling? And then I would recommend for listeners and for ourselves too. always like taking a step back. Once you have had that self-control moment where you have been able to slow down, to be in control of your feelings and your actions, then reflecting about how did that go? Like, yes, when you did have self-control, how did your animals feel? How did the people around you feel? How did you feel about yourself? Mm -hmm. Because I would bet that you feel Proud of yourself, hopefully. Oh, yeah. I would bet that the people and animals want to be around you way more than if you had lost self-control and hurt their feelings, hurt their bodies. So just notice that. And if you have suggestions, if you have, like, a great idea for how to have self-control, something that you do that works for you, you can email me (gasps) at margarethb at waysidewaifs.org. Again, that's Margaret M A R G A R E T H B at WaysideWaves.org because I would love to hear your ideas. Um, I just learned Ashley's and I'm going to try that out. So please let me know what you do so that we can try those out too. I love that, Margaret. Do you promise to Mm -hmm. share those with the rest of us? Yes, absolutely. Oh, good. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Well, speaking of sharing, Ashley, thank you so much for sharing your experience, your wisdom, um, for being on an education team at an animal shelter. It's a really wonderful job that, like you mentioned, I didn't know existed when I was growing up and Mm -hmm. I couldn't have imagined. And I'm so glad it does exist. Um, But how can people, if they're interested in participating in an education program, how can they do that? What's the best way to get started? Ooh, I love this question.
1: Um, Honestly, this is a very simple answer, but going to our website, is really the easiest way to get started. It lists out all of our education programs. It has descriptions of them. Mm -hmm. It also has information about our volunteer programs too, which is really important. Um, So visiting www.waysidewaifs.org, there's a tab called youth education programs.
0: And that's where you want to head. Exactly. There's a link there that will lead to a request form. Um, Like Ashley said, there's so much much information there. So feel free to visit our website. We hope you do. We hope to um, see you at a program at some point. But thank you again, Ashley, for being here. And uh, tell Maisie and Walter hi for us. I absolutely will. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much once again to Ashley for being on the podcast today and thank you for listening. Remember, your challenge is to practice having self-control with animals and humans that are around you. See how you feel afterwards. Thank you as always for tuning in to Wayside Tales and we will see you next time. Give your pet a treat for me. Music for this episode is Cheery Monday by Kevin McLeod licensed under Creative Commons. Sound from zapsplat.com and freesoundeffects.com.